Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics are talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. I've got the Chameleon on board tonight and Griffo. Whilst the NRLs are well and truly finished, there's still plenty going on in Rugby League land. Oh, it's the game that uh, never goes to sleep, Graham. <laughs> it's the never gift, goes to sleep. The gift that keeps on giving. Yes, that's right. We're not going to no. let sleeping dragons lie. Uh, right. even, <laughs> under, even on... No, they just... run away. Say that again, Griffo. We just lost you, mate. Couldn't find him. Say that again. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, even, uh, you know, under or near a bed, they don't go to sleep. <laughs> That's right. They get out of there. The police come calling. Yeah. So, look, we'll, yeah. We'll, we've got plenty to talk about tonight, obviously. Uh, we'll have... Um, we could almost have a new segment, Griffo. And, uh, it's, it's not even one for Game of Thrones fans. It's It could be the... Uh, the House of Dragon recap. We've got a bit of it talk is there. the House of the Dragon coming out of the uh, the Wollongong region. Um, obviously, we'll keep you up to date with all the uh, the latest news in regards to the NRL. Player movements are plenty. Um, we've also got uh, the World Cup happening at the moment. We're heading into um, what we'd call, I suppose, the third round of matches, uh, and a bit to talk about from the um, the the games that have happened. Um, I suppose over the last week or so, a uh, bit to talk about there, especially with the Kangaroos uh, defeating Scotland the other day. Some pretty impressive players in that one. Um, I tipped it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think <laughs> I think Australia was a fairly safe tip. I was watching it with. Okay. Um, we we got up and watched it. I was watching it um, with my cousin and um, and his uh, his brother in laws and. Uh, it was funny. We got to a point where it wasn't Scotland versus Australia anymore. We were playing Australia versus the um, versus the clock. We were just seeing if Australia could stay ahead of the clock. And uh, for those playing at home, uh, Australia beat the clock 84-80. So uh, another big win for the Kangaroos there, obviously. Um, but we'll have a bit of a chat tonight because I think the big question going forward that we'll talk about a bit later, Griffo, is... Um, the makeup of the Kangaroos team, everyone in the squad's got a bit of a run, so we'll have a bit of a chat about that, uh, who we think's going to um, take part in that. But I'm actually interested to see, because there is still some footy going on, and we know that the fans hang out for it every week. Uh, I'd be interested to see what got Griffo's grab this week, so we might head straight into it. What have you got for us this week, mate? Okay. Um... This week, uh, Griffo's grab goes to uh, the Australian Kangaroos, uh, and a particularly a try that was uh, as exciting yeah. a try as you could wish to see. Um, now, uh, I'll preface this by saying, I think the previously. The thing that I remember, the big, biggest bit of skill I remember seeing live, um, I see so much, but the thing that never left my mind was when Greg Inglis 
uh, oh. representing the kangaroos when they were wearing uh, uh, the blue and maroon that mm. night. <clears throat> I think it was against the Kiwis. I'm not sure if you were there, Graham, or not. But we, we no, sat I wasn't the there. I remember watching it on TV. Okay. So... I think it was Mark Gasnier right. that was also involved, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. He he scored the try. Yeah. Um, but I was watching, and and uh, it must have been, I guess, a kick went through, and um, you know, you think it's going dead, and and Inglis just leapt and tossed the ball sort of over his head, um, and Gasnier grounded it, and I I stood up. I said, "That's a try." And mm. I know we've seen a lot of those things since that, but I, that was the first one that, you know, where the players just didn't give up on the ball. Um, and that was was absolutely magical. And, and, to, and I was pretty close to it. Um, but I think I saw something even that surpassed that uh, on uh, oh, what would have been uh, Sunday morning, I think. Um, Saturday morning. Saturday? Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Um, now, sort of missed part of it because, unfortunately, they were just playing one of these uh, incredibly long replays uh, <laughs> of nothing that finish with, start and finish with the emblems of the teams. Uh, I, just, I just wish they wouldn't do it. Um, I'd rather watch the game. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a – it could uh, there could be a groundswell of people who want to see that. <laughs> but anyway, be that as it may, be that as it may, it just returned, and you could see that the ball was going out. And um, I've actually just been on KO to to try and watch it again uh, to find out well what was the prelude to that, um, and. Uh, uh, So Ben Hunt run across field, put a kick out. It was designed for, for Josh Adokar. Uh, he didn't get to it, but Matt Burton chased and mm. um, leapt like a kangaroo, and then he tunnel-balled the, the ball between his legs as he was outside the field of play. Back inside, picked up by Josh Adokar, who then kicked it maybe uh, 20 metres into the in-goal, and won the sprint for the ball and grounded it. And you know, look, I've seen a lot of a lot of football, um, but that's again one of those things that I will not forget because I thought that was absolutely amazing. Um, they were already up eighty to nil. They didn't have to do it. There's no, you know, wasn't like the game was on the line, but they never gave up. Matt Burton, um, just. Amazing, and that's uh, that's the sort of thing that people who see that who don't know about rugby league are certainly going to think, "Wow, that's uh, that's pretty good." Mm. I might like to see a bit more of that. So, yeah, um, yeah that uh, Matt Burton, what he did in combination, and Adol had a lot to do. Um, that just amazing uh, on the uh, on the end of a, of a very very good performance from the Kangaroos. So that was my grab for the week. Okay. I will say. That it was almost matched by the Tongans. Um, almost matched. It was, I think it was Tolitao Kola who uh, had a bit of magic. Um, it all looked like a try that they went upstairs and his, uh, his foot was just, uh, you mm. know, a couple of millimeters onto the, 
onto the chalk, which was unfortunate because uh, uh, the level of skill, again, it, it was rivaling uh, what we saw from the Australians. But, um, yeah, just uh, I know there's been blowouts, um, but, uh, yeah, look, uh, and I, I'm, I'm a completely, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a diehard rugby league supporter, so I, I'm, I'm loving uh, Seeing you know the World Cup, yes, yeah, it's footy in first rounds. Yeah, there's some blowouts, but tell these guys who you know representing their country that it don't matter. You know, yeah, yeah, and I think certainly once we get through to the the quarterfinals, we're going to see more close games. There've been a few, um, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to watching the rest of the World Cup unfold. Yeah, I, I think so far, like as it is, you've got to look at the tournament for what it is and um, and understand that, you know, not all the games are going to be thrillers, but some of the quality, some of the, enter, from an entertainment point of view, we, we've definitely got um, bundles of that. And as you said, I mean, this the, the skill that Matt Burton showed, I know a lot of people are talking about Addo Carr with the finish, he still had a lot to do, but just the skill to keep it alive. And I think that showed the other night, or well, the other morning, I should say, that off-the-cuff footy. There were times where I was watching the game thinking, geez, if, if Australia just kept some, some shape and, and played some footy and this and that, they probably would have scored more tries. But they got to a point when, you, I mean, when you're 60-0 up, you're going to throw the ball around, you're going to uh, play a bit of entertaining footy, and, and geez, it's, it's been very entertaining. Um, I'm going to be that person... A lot of people have brought up this week, Griffo... Um, you know, I mean, the fact that Josh Adokar obviously is having a great tournament, and I think yep. that's great. As a Kangaroos fan, I'm very excited about that. But, yeah, uh, whether it's... I was going to say unfortunately, because I, I kind of want to, you know, leave the Origin series behind us. But it has brought up that, that conversation again, where this is a bloke who was seen as not fit to be a New South Wales Blue. Um it's easy in hindsight to say it's a bit of a blunder. The way I want to phrase this question for you is not, oh, was it a big blunder? Was it the, you know, did it cost us a series? Is, is this a, the type of performance where next year when they're picking the team, obviously club form's going to matter, but are these the performances that they're going to look back on and say, look, for the Kangaroos, he did a job. This guy's got to be in consideration. Yeah. Um... But what what we know is that, that he's a high quality player. Yeah. Now, thinking back to the first Origin game, um, he wasn't really in good form at that stage for the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs were struggling, and and you know he was he was not at his best. Um, and they went with well, obviously Toto was. Always yeah, got to be there. Yeah, was but the, they went with Tupo. Tupo, yeah. Um, and while you know, I don't think at the time I, you know, I, I think I, I had Adelkar there. I can't say a hundred percent that I did, hmm. but I thought, okay, they're going with Tupo. Um, Tupo actually had a really good game, in even though uh, from memory they lost that game. Um, that was the game in Sydney. But Tupo did his job. Um, and then Adokar came out and did show some good form with uh, the Bulldogs. 
But Tupo did his job, and then Tupo again was was very very good in game two over in Perth, which we won. Um, and you, you're not going to drop him at that stage. Um, it, there was, yeah. Look, I thought, well, I don't think Josh Adelcar being there or not being there was the difference between us winning and losing. Um, yeah, it's fair, think, Tommy, Tommy Turbo and Latrell Mitchell not being there due yeah. to injury. That was the difference between us winning yeah. and losing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, Adokar, he stuck to his guns. He's, he showed his quality. And if they were picking a Blues team tomorrow, he's on one wing and uh, someone else will be on the other wing, depending on, you know, you know, whether they play people who don't play for Australia or whatever the case is, but he's going to be there, um, you would think, next year, irrespective of who's available. If he maintains that sort of form, yeah, uh, he'll be there. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing where, yeah, it's easy to say, and people say, oh, at that level, hindsight's great. I mean, you know, we win the series, we're not even having this conversation, but I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a chat to have. Um, was really happy for a lot of players in that in that performance too, and we'll talk about the World Cup a bit later. But obviously, um, Matt Burton was great. Um, we'll talk about the the role that Cleary had. We've got a whole World Cup segment coming up a bit later, uh, so stick around for that because um, there's plenty of World Cup talk um, on the back of that Griffo's grab, which was that. I mean, as we said, we're comparing it to something that happened. 14 years ago and when we're trying to find something that's very similar so it was a pretty special moment if you haven't seen it have a go um <coughs> i do have a question for you griffo and i'm sorry sorry for coughing into the mic there yeah, um it's okay i'm a long way away from about 100k <laughs> that's all right mate you won't you won't catch my cold just i want to have a chat now this is a bit left field i want to ask your opinion about some of the mythical the mythical creatures that we have in our game um the dragon. We know that the dragon is a it's a mythical creature, um, very fearsome. Uh, we're, we're seeing it highlighted very closely in the House of Dragons series. Another another mythical creature I want to get your thoughts on is the griffin. Now, from my understanding and my research, it's a creature known as half eagle, half lion in various cultures. Um, it's look, it's supposed to be guarding the gold of the kings and priceless possessions. Learning something there. Yeah, like there's there's just all this stuff in there. But I wanted to ask you though, these these two mythical creatures seem um oh, they, they 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 seem like they're uh, I suppose wonders in their own realms. I have a feeling though, when they cross realms and you get a dragon and a griffin together, it may not create a, a, a the best mix. Um, I'm taking the piss a bit here. I'm talking about the dragons, oh, and I know I'm that. I'm learning now. And I, I'm and I know that. Dragon. Did you, did you like that? With the, with the, I did actually. Mm. So we've got a griffin and a dragon, and it's not really working out. Um, I know that you were going to. I had to laugh before we went on air. You said, "Oh, we're going to talk about House of Dragon." I said, "Slow down." I haven't seen the last two episodes. He goes, <laughs> "Not that House of Dragons." Um, there's a bit going on at St George's, and there, Griffo. I've just written a few things down. I don't normally write things down, but I thought I'll forget. I'll I've been prepared for this because I've got plenty of ammo. Well, okay, so 
uh, rewind uh, maybe three weeks or so, maybe not even that long. The club had their their annual presentation. Now, a total of three of the top thirty players turned up. Uh, the winner, Ben Hunt, Zach Lomax. Oh, when I say the winner, their player of the year that is Ben Hunt, mm. um, Zach Lomax, and Michael Molo. Three out of thirty turn up to the presentation that of a club. Um, fortunately, uh, the women's team all turned up. So, um, you know, there were some, you know, some people there. Um, initially, the club CEO, I think his name is Ryan Webb, sort of came out and said, oh, no, it's not really a drama. Uh, and then the next day, Ben Haunt, he came out. He's the club uh, captain. And he was expressing his disappointment uh, at the fact that only three of the guys turned up. And, and uh, you know, some of them were, I think, uh, already overseas, uh, including maybe some with the possibly with the Kiwis squad uh, for the World Cup. So some of them had a legitimate uh, reason for not being there, but the, a host of them were in Sydney. Now, the last time uh, these guys had a bit of a, a party that we're aware of, it was at Paul Vaughan's house, mm. and uh, about there are only maybe three or four that weren't there. Yeah, that's right. You better have having a barbecue at Paul's Vaughan's yeah. house. Should yeah. get more people. They should have had, you know, should, should have went down to Paul Vaughan's house down at Shell Arbor and said, "Oh, okay, we'll have the presentation here." Um, this says so, a lot about, you know, how they feel about amount. the club. Oh, I mean, well. But even, I mean, even to to com to I suppose compound that. I was just reading a story not long before we came online here. It was uh, courtesy of there's Yahoo Sport, and it was published earlier today, and it, it said that St George Illawarra were um, were at risk of losing young guns Tyrell Sloan and Jaden Sullivan, and they have convinced both of them to stay by assuring them that Anthony Griffin won't be coach after 2023. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing that. So, so this, this, is, this is the opening line of the, the, um, the actual article. It says, St. George Illawarra have reportedly convinced young guns Tyrell Sloan and Jaden Sullivan to stay at the club by assuring them that Anthony Griffin won't be coach after 2023. Yeah, wow. So to keep them at the club, they've basically said, oh, look, don't go because he, he won't be here. My concern is we're in 2022. Yep. 2023, uh, there's going to be an absolute schmozzle when you've got players that they're saying, stay with us because don't worry, we'll get rid of him. It's a mess. This is an absolute mess. Yeah. Oh, it is. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen that article, but that, that uh, sheds a light on. Uh, one of the things I was going to mention was both those players repeatedly asking for a release. Because um, they're not getting uh, much game time with him. No, they're not. Um, and, and you know, they were part of uh, a team, I think it might have been SG Ball, that won for, for, the, uh, for the, I think it was the Steelers a couple of years ago. They had Amone in there as well, who um, has played, you know. Yep. Certainly more first grade than those fellas. Um, so there's players who are 
leaving the club, who've been critical of of Coach Griffin, you know, Jack Gajewski, um, um, George Burgess. Well, yeah. That was that was a bit of a you know, signing George Burgess as they did. It's a, it wasn't really a recruitment masterstroke. And the guy who was, I believe, his position at the club, and officially, I think, maybe it's not now, but the guy who was in charge of recruitment was uh, Flanagan. Who, yeah, uh, Flanagan. Shane Flanagan, the ex-Sharks coach, uh, who will join Anthony Griffin uh, as his assistant at, at, to Manly. Um Another thing that uh, the club didn't need uh, about a week ago, uh, their their chairman, a, a well-respected man in the game, yes, Craig Young, uh, who is uh, a former, a well-known former police officer, he was a police mm. officer for a couple of decades, um, mm. back in the days when players had a job, he was he was a he was a policeman. He wrote a letter of support for Brett Finch. Mm. Um, Craig Young would have been a is, is a close friend of uh, of uh, Brett Finch's dad. They played together uh, in the 1977 and probably the 1979 Grand Final winning sides for the Dragons. Uh, Robert Finch, who was the ex boss of the referees. Um, now, I didn't have a problem with that uh, as such, but then I heard that he. He uh, put that letter onto the St. George Illawarra Club letterhead, um, which <laughs> like representing the club. Yeah, I actually um, have it right in front of me. This letter. Oh, on, have you seen oh, okay. it? No, I haven't seen it. It's on social media. I should. Um, uh, so when we say it's on the letterhead, if you have a look, the the top probably. I would say if you divided the page into five, the top five, the, the one-fifth of it at the top has a big red V with the St. George wow. logo in the middle. Oh, uh, it's dated man. off to the left, uh, 6th of October, presiding judge, Sydney District Court, and then he's got the, 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 the rest of the letter there. So it's very clearly on there, and this was actually put on um, social media. A lot of people have uh, shared this, I think, I've got to give him credit here, um, being a fellow podcast, where I found it quite easily was the Red V podcast, which is right. a podcast of, um, yeah, obviously St. George fans. But, I mean, I, I love some of the comments here on social media. I could I could give you an entertaining hour here. There's one bloke replying here, why is it on a dragon's letterhead? What is wrong with our club? Seriously. Um, you know, sad day for the club. It's, it's just all the fans are saying, like, come on, like, it's not a good look. That's he has the right su- to support, but not yeah, using I, I the Yeah, I have no problem profile. with him supporting. Not I have using no the club. At all. Yeah. But Brett Finch never played for the Dragons. Yeah. Um, he's got nothing to do with the club. And the last thing the club would have wanted to be associated with was that. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. And it's and the thing is too, like I mean, you could you could almost say, ah, oh, it's if it's on a personal level, you write a personal letter. Yeah, yeah. you know, and he's he's not on the no guy, problem with that. Goodness me, it's um, yeah. 
I mean, from the for the Dragons, I mean, I think Matt Cooper's the other person who's been very outspoken this week. I don't know if you've heard his comments. Yeah, yeah, he has. He has been. Oh, he's not happy. I mean, but no. you can understand too when he's talking about how there was that um, period from um, I think he was talking about two thousand and one to two thousand and eleven. Didn't miss the finals. Or there was a couple of times where they missed the finals. He said they've only made it a couple of times since. I mean, it's yes, it, it's not great. I'll tell you what I'll do for you, Griffo. This is just me talking out loud here. I'll, I'll send you through the um what it looks like so that you can get an understanding of just how okay. prominent it was. So if you if you're listening to this, um, have a look online. It's not hard to find. It's not as though there's a little logo in the corner. It's 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 quite prominent that it's a it's a letter from the St George Illawarra Dragons. But Matt, hey, I, the red V. It's it's wow. it's very prominent, isn't it? Their letterhead. I mean, as it yeah. should be when you make red your v statements. Red V and the club logo in the middle of the red V. And it's wow. yeah, as I said, like uh, uh, I think it's fair to say that it takes up about a fifth of the page. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the Brett Finch thing. That's a whole other story that we're not going to get into. Obviously, oh. there's legal proceedings there, and so on yeah. and so forth, and um. Yeah, but to for the club, considering the negative press um, and to be associated with this, it, it, Matt Cooper's basically said they don't have pride in the jersey anymore. And he's coming from that era when you look in the early 2000s, when they were in, in the early days of the club after the merger, there were some really great players there. Um, but he's, he's, he's claimed, he said there's, there hasn't been any pride in this red V Jersey. There's no pride anymore. Um, and he feels as though there hasn't been much pride in this Jersey since Wayne Bennett left. He called that as a bit of a tipping point. Mm, yeah. Well, look, he, he, he's perfectly entitled to, to make those comments. He's, uh, He's a Dragons legend um, and, a, and a member of their grand final win inside, uh, the only one from this millennium. So uh, he can, he, he's more than entitled to, to make such comments. The reality was on the field this year, they won 12, lost 12. I think they came 10th. They didn't a have lot the of years that would make, make the finals. Well, would have made it, yeah, 2021, you would have been in. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're inconsistent. Um, and it just looks like next year is going to be a difficult one for them because of all this off-field stuff. Um, and knowing, well, like you know, if that report is accurate, knowing that okay, this guy, the coach, um, well, we just bide our time. He'll be gone. We'll still be here. So, so they're basically saying. They're basically saying to their fans, "We're going to throw away next year, yeah, and then and then go from there." Just just before we move on, um, it would be silly of me not to make any mention of the coach Anthony Griffin and get your thoughts being a Penrith fan because what I'd like to remind people of is he was a Penrith coach. Help me out if I got the years wrong here: twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. I feel like was the. Um, was the Sounds time period right. there? Yeah. So there was a couple of years. There. It was it was pretty much before they come good. Was, well, but well, like, uh, they did have some good years under Griffin. Like obviously not winning the comp, but 
They made, uh, you know, they, they they were okay. So he's, they he's, weren't dreadful. His win percentage at the Panthers, I've got it here, uh, is at 58%. Well, that's not bad. So, look, they won more games than they lost. Yeah. Um, I don't want this to be a setup to say, hey, when, when Penrith got rid of the coach, they got a different coach that came good because we know that, you well, know, you could say... They, they, they struggled, say, struggled the next year. They didn't make the eight. That's, that, 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 that's right. And we know that, you know, that the coach that's given them so much success now has had the struggles in the past. I mean, for for Dragon fans that are looking for the silver lining, um, I think a lot of them are going to be through next year writing it off and saying, hey, when we get rid of Griffin, maybe things will turn around. Did they not I, say that about McGregor as well at one stage? Or? I know, yep. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I think it's deeper than the coach. I think oh, it's, a, sure. it's, a, it's a whole club culture, and that's where we're looking at from Matt Cooper and those comments because he sees this once great club and what it was and what it is now and they've got a long way to go. I think they're in they're in trouble. They're in big trouble. It appears they're going backwards. Yeah, so I think they'll be happy to win twelve games next year. Fifty eight percent win record would be uh Oh, that'd be, be amazing awesome. for those fellas. So, look, so we know then that they don't have... I mean, they can't even come out and say that he's got the backing of the board because they're telling players that he's going to be gone after next year. Um, so there's I going to be... If, the, if that's what they're saying now, they have a few losses. He'll be gone before the end of the year. Yeah, he's... He, a, he's it, not going to see the year out. I'll be honest with you, Griffo. We're now... Um, in the exotics, him. in the tipping comp, first coach gone, yeah. he's got to be a favourite. He's got to be a favourite in that one. You're and raging not favourite. Yeah, and and the, 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 every year there's movement. There's um there are uh, there's personnel leaving coming in, and it's not just the coaches, there's the players. And there's been a few movements um, over the past week or so that are worth noting. I think probably the one to to put at the forefront and uh, discuss first of all would probably be the Cronulla Sharks forward Andrew Fafita. Now, from what we're hearing, he has confirmed his retirement after a 13-year career in the NRL. Uh, he's played over 250 NRL matches. He's played for Australia, Tonga, New South Wales, the Indigenous All-Stars. Um, he, this, this is a play. He has been a very prominent figure uh, for a lot of fans of the the modern era, and um, yeah, and and he's uh he's calling a day on it, and I think it would be um remiss of us not to acknowledge the uh the contribution that he has made on the field for the game of rugby league. I know off the field there have been some um some controversial moments here and there, but um yeah, to 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 acknowledge him on the field and the fact that he has been. Um, a very significant uh, part of the NRL for the past 13 years. No doubt. Um, at one stage there, he was being compared to Arthur Beetson. Um, mm-hmm. that, that year that they won the grand final, uh, there was a state of origin game where he obliterated the Maroons. Um, yep. Unfortunately, it wasn't you know, consistent, but um, at his best, he was... Uh, he was a very, very good player. Um, played for all sorts of uh, representative teams because he's a mixed cultural heritage. So yep. Australia, Tonga, uh, the, the Blues, of course, the Indigenous All-Stars. Um, he'd have a, a wide array of uh, 
of jerseys up on his wall. If he yeah, he's got a fair collection. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he came on the scene uh, in a in the Tigers under twenty side. Uh, Aaron Woods was his uh, front row partner, yep. and um, yeah, he didn't uh, he didn't stay at the Tigers. Obviously, went on uh, essentially to make his name with the Sharks um, and will be remembered uh, obviously as a Sharks as a shark, player yeah. and, a, and a, a grand final winner with that team um, and there were many who believed he should have had a Clive Churchill medal uh, but some of his uh, indiscretions uh, some believe were, were the reason they, they didn't give him the, the medal there but um, yeah, we all make mistakes, uh, and he he made certainly made some uh, well publicised ones, um, but uh, he's uh, yeah he's had a great career, and uh, he's done some study, and he uh, he wants to go on and uh, and help uh, young people. Um, so yeah, we we'll wish him all the best with his future. Because he had that horrific uh, injury. Mm. Where he, he's literally uh, his his life was under threat, and um, and even those who who you know weren't necessarily uh, big fans of of Fafita, um, everyone did nothing but, but wish him well. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, he, he's got a horrific uh, toll of injuries that he needs uh, surgery on. Um, so his body. He, he put it all on the line and um, you know, physically he's broken. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully he can uh, over time, you know, get back to uh, and, and have a, a, a very healthy and, and long life. And, and uh, hopefully those, those injuries don't give him, uh, you know, long-term uh, issues. So I wish him all the best. Uh, yeah. He's been, he was a great player. Yeah, definitely, and like, as as you said, I think he was um, Doonside Junior. Doonside, yeah, yeah, Doonside Ruse. Um, he also spent some time in Griffith in um in New South in Central New South Wales. There came through the Tigers. Um, but yeah, um, very successful career. Uh, very um, yeah, very successful footballer over the over the past uh, thirteen years and um. Yeah, congratulations on a on a great career. And um, look, it, it in addition to that, not only do we have uh, retirements, we've got some player movements, um, in re-signings. I th- I, I think um, the Roosters have, have probably been in the news a bit. Announced officially announcing some of their signings. Um, it was very hotly tipped that Angus Crichton was going to extend his stay at the club. He has done so. Um, the other one that was probably the worst kept secret in the world, um, was that Jackson Paulo was going to join the club, but Jake Turpin, I was actually surprised to hear that he was going to join the Roosters. Um, I think he's got a one year deal. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's an interesting thing too, because on top of him, they've got Brendan Smith there. So a bit of depth for them. Um, and I'd even imagine Jackson Paulo be a bit of a depth sign. It'd be interesting to see how he breaks in, but, uh, Extending Angus Crichton, I think that was a no-brainer. Yeah, well, you know he's uh, he's one of the very best uh, in the NRL. Um, I guess you know I think there was you know talk of the the only reason why the deal wasn't done was just issues around the salary cap, and of course 
some would say the Roosters don't have a salary cap, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually happy he's staying because I know he, he started his career with the Rabbitohs, but uh, he, he uh, very much has been a Rooster for a few years now. Yeah, yeah, and he'll be synonymous with that club, and um, he's he's had a lot of success there. Um, we mentioned last week, I think briefly, we mentioned Ben Condon going to uh, the Cowboys. So uh, offering a little bit more protection there. But Jack Gajewski, uh, he's gone over there on a one-year deal. Um, another player who started out the Rabbitohs, uh, went to Manly, played a bit of first grade, uh, heading off to the Cowboys. Um, the main one I want to talk about, we brought up last week because it was interesting. We had a bit of a chat about it, and um, we thought if this goes through, it must only be for financial reasons. But Charlie Staines and Tyrone Peachy, the very... Um, look, this is one that's been talked about. Day after time. we did the, yeah. Yeah, it, it's been Day talked about and rumoured for a long time, but it's been made official. Tyrone Peachy back to the Panthers. Charlie Staines off to the Tigers. Interested on two fronts here, Griffo, to get your thoughts on Tyrone Peachy returning to the Panthers and what role he might play. And also, too, the opportunities that might open up with Charlie Staines because there have been reports to say that they're considering him as a possible, um, I suppose, rivalry there with Dane Laurie to to see who becomes their, their long-term fullback. Well, they're going to play two fullbacks. Well, yeah, well, it's going to be... Uh, this ain't going to be Charlie Staines if, if, if Dane Laurie's uh, fitting well. Um, Common sense would another... say Laurie's the fullback and Staines goes oh. on the wing, but it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if that's the Tigers trying to hype up the... Um, the Forbes Ferrari and go back to some of that hype we were talking about from a year or two ago. But um yeah, very very interesting. I think this is uh this is cat related more than anything. Yeah, apparently um Peachy was I heard that uh, used was begging the NRL to let him take a pay cut. Um I, I don't know exactly what went on but it, it, it is related to the salary cap and talk of Penrith saving money now um, yeah I, I said last time I said you know I, I would have been happy just to get the status quo uh, as it was it's an opportunity for Peachy obviously um, but he couldn't as I said he couldn't uh, cement a, a regular first grade Earth at, at the cellar dwellers of the competition, and he's going to the top side. It's a depth signing for Penrith, hmm. um, and they've they've had a few others this week as well. We'll talk about shortly, but I wish Staines well. Um, you know, he leaves the club as a premiership winner, uh, and uh, there's a lot of guys go through their whole career don't don't win an NRL premiership. So um, whether well, I don't know that the Tigers were actually short of wingers. I don't know that wing is the big issue for them, but uh, it's an opportunity for Staines. To, I guess he's expected that he'll he'll, he'll play regular first grade. I, I think he was probably uh, he might have been number four on the list list of wingers at, at Penrith uh, with Toto, uh, with. Uh, Taylor May, uh, Sunia Taruva ahead of Charlie Staines in the pecking order. Um, 
I don't know if North Loom is going back to the Tigers. I know they got Mamalo there. They did blood a few other young guys last year, but yeah, I don't think wing is the big issue for the Tigers. But anyway, good luck to him. Yeah, and I have a feeling this this says a fair bit about the Tigers club. The fact that um, I don't know. I just get the feeling here that Tyrone Peachy may not have been happy. He's previously been at Penrith. Um, maybe want to be a part of what's going on there, and and Charlie Staines is uh has been given that opportunity there. But as you said, the um the Panthers have also uh made a couple of other signings. Um, Jack Cogger, um, yeah, former Bulldog, and um, I think he was at the Knights too, wasn't he at one stage? Yes, he was. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah, I also think he's at the Knights. Yeah, 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 and uh, Zach Hosking, um, from the Broncos. Um, yet, yet again, looking at that depth there in case they do suffer some injuries, um, obviously would be remiss of me not to get your thoughts on that being a, being a Panther, given the fact that they've had so much success, lost a couple of players this year and are looking for a mix of, uh, these players coming in and, and the young players coming through the system to cover the depth. Yeah. Just, uh, on Jack Cogger, um, yeah, it's a great opportunity for him to, to come in. Um, to better his game, I guess. Uh, he played first grade in a couple of clubs. Um, never cemented a a regular spot as either a six or seven. Showed he had ability. And I, I remember uh, I, I watched Jack Cogger as a as a young guy um, because uh, he played. Uh, I think it was in the Tookley side against. Mm. Uh, my, my nephew played with the Terrigal Sharks, which uh, was with Scott Drinkwater. So yep. I watched a few grand finals of, of those guys. Um, and Cogger was the, uh, along with, with Scott Drinkwater, were the, were the main guys for both their sides. Um, and both of them have gone on to, to actually play in the NRL. Uh, but yeah, it's a great opportunity for him. Penrith... Uh, needed uh, someone to replace or take the role that Sean O'Sullivan had. Um, they did have Kurt Falls on their books, but did not renew his contract. And I know for some supporters, um, felt you know that maybe that that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, Kurt Falls has been there for for a few years. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, Cogger comes in with experience. Uh, he's going to play first grade. You know, we know that uh, through the origin period, Penrith are without their halves, uh, Luai and Cleary. Um, yeah, I, I hope he gets the job done. Uh, he does have ability. And you think um, playing with those guys, training with those guys is only going to help his game. Uh, Hosking coming in that was rumored uh, a while ago, and then uh, it didn't nothing became of it until this week. Um, showed with the Broncos that he's got ability, played four NRL games. Um, and again, he, he leaves that club, uh, and you would expect that he's going to get better. Uh, they've also got Luke Garner for next year, and I heard talk on the radio yesterday. Um, that Matt Eisenhuth um, 
may be staying rather Ooh. than it was believed that he was going to be going to England. We almost um, read his eulogy last week. We did, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I'm not quite sure where they're going to fit all these guys. Um, with And we talked, I'm not going to go over stuff we talked about last week in depth, mm. but we said there's guys like Lindsey Smith, yeah. um, Big Eddie Blacker, yeah, uh, still in the club there. What a talent! Uh, where do you fit him all in? Um, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure yeah, how it's going to pan. I, I would rather not be signing these other guys. Yeah, because the concern um, is that then a star leaves because exactly you may not fit him under, and you exactly. You, yeah, yeah, and I think the concern, as you said, there is. Um, look, I mean, obviously they've got it all sorted out. We they know what the players are under. We don't, but. I think yeah. the concern for us is that um, there's some quality there and obviously the depth and quantity is important, but you don't want to lose the quality. But No. Gosh, geez, I think mate, it's going to be hard to keep... They know what they're doing. Guys like Spencer <laughs> Lenu and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Hope so. <laughs> I, I, I think the guys, that, some of the guys they've already got there, probably, again, it comes down to what they're paying them and, and they're probably paying these other guys a fraction of that but uh we shall see um mm. we shall see i, I don't want to i'm not going to criticize uh the guys at penrith for recruitment because uh they've built this team so um they they obviously know what they're doing um i would love to know who is in who is out in terms of the young guys coming through um i did hear or read somewhere that uh, the young guy, Harry, um, I think he's Harrison Hackett, or um, I might have that name wrong, but I think his surname is Hackett, um, big rangy second rower who was the captain of the Australian schoolboys, was uh, believed to be going to the Dolphins. But I did read somewhere mm. that he's staying at Penrith, which I'm quite happy about because I... I did see him speak uh, the day of the celebration, the day after the grand final. And, yep. and I, I've not seen him play, but he is uh, hes quite a specimen as far as, uh, you know, a big rangy back rower. Um, and, and for the future of the club, that's the sort of guy you want to keep. So I hope that's correct. Um, but I guess, yeah, like a lot of things, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what pans out. Any other signings of note for anyone, Graham? Yeah, there's a there's a few going on. I mean, a lot of them are re-signings. Um, Herodi's re-signed at Cronulla. Um, Saab at Olakawatu at the Seagulls. Um, Tautau Moa at Amoga at St. George. Um, one interesting thing you did mention before, George Burgess leaving the uh, Dragons. Effectively, they've brought in Zane Musgrove from the Tigers uh, yeah. to replace him. Um, that's an interesting signing for them, but... Yeah, a lot of the other stuff. Um, McLean um, extended at the the Cowboys. Um, the Storm, they've signed uh, Aaron Penne from the Warriors on a two year contract, so they're looking for a bit. Resign because he was at he was at the Storm. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So they're looking to, I suppose, look at that that depth there. Yeah, they needed to the, build up the forwards. I mean, obviously, we know that Munster's staying with the um, with the Storm. The Storm, I think, just shoring up their 
their squad now also too now that they know what Munster's doing. Um, one one we've got to mention, um, Tom Eisenhuth signed again for for next Another year. year. Yeah, that's so, good. So um, I think that's great news for Tom. Um, Hopefully he gets a good run with injuries, which he, he has had so much had. bad luck. But, I mean, fair thing with that guy. That guy, um, I mean, yeah, you can say it about a lot of players, but if he didn't have that bad luck with injuries, um, you know, obviously he'd be a prominent figure there at the Storm. But uh, that's a massive achievement for him, uh, considering his career and where he's come from and uh, the path he's taken to be a... A regular um, first grader for the Melbourne Storm. Um, yeah, they've signed a couple of other young guys on long-term deals, like Loyero and, uh, <clears throat> and McDonald. McDonald. So yeah, it's a big uh, show of faith in those two guys. Definitely, I think they're signed through to twenty twenty-five, so a couple of years yeah. on them. So, um, yeah, like it's 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 definitely something to keep an keep an eye on. There's a lot of movement there. Um, I suppose the big question here is. Before we finish up on the signings, it's really looking at the Dolphins um, for next year. I mean, obviously, when you look at gains and losses, they're all going to be gains. As the team's shaping up, Griffo, um, some of the, the players of note, I suppose. I mean, we if you go back to earlier on when we found out the Dolphins were coming in, we were talking about targets. We were talking about these big players coming off contracts. I mean, we had a podcast where we talked about the fact where we thought that possibly a Brandon Smith or a Cameron Munster would be running out for Redcliffe. Uh, mm. It didn't really happen that way. I no. mean, for, for, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I haven't asked you this prior. But if you had to say, I mean, the short answer is no, they don't have a marquee signing. But if you had to pick someone who would be considered closest to a marquee signing for the Dolphins, at this stage, is is there anyone that you've got in mind? I mean... Yeah. Um, the Hammer. The Hammer. Tell who, me who could, couldn't make couldn't make the, the Cowboys team. Um, he was a bit unlucky there, but... He's uh, a great player. He's, oh, he is. Yeah. I, think, I think he might be injured as well. He got injured over in the... The World Cup for the Samoans and is out um, mm. for the tournament, yeah, he is, actually, yeah. along with a couple of their other players. But um, yeah, I think uh, they're looking at him as uh, as the poster boy. Um, look, he's a really good player. Uh, he's an exciting player, so he's going to get the the turnstiles quick, and you think. But they're looking through the list. Who excites me? Uh, if Asako's oh, in form, he yeah, can... no, well, no, he doesn't excite me. He's, he's signed till twenty twenty five, and I, I'm sorry, uh, it's, it's, I it's, it's more like you're looking at some of these players and you go, "Oh, they're good players," but no one's like if if someone asked me about Jeremy Marshall King, good yeah, player, player. solid player. player, like yeah, like do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a Ray Stone, yeah, good. solid. Solid, but, yeah, yeah. You feel like you're saying solid a lot of the time. I like Gilbert. Know. I like Tom Gilbert. But yeah, from the Cowboys. He's yeah, only there for one. According to what I'm looking at, only for one year, which is interesting because he's a young guy on mm. the way up. Played for the Maroons uh, last, or, you know, this year. Yeah. Um, the other guy, obviously, I say Katoa. Katoa. Uh, yeah. They've got him long term deal. Yeah. Yep. 
um, and he will uh, become their their number one halfback. Um, because they've also signed Sean. Sorry to cut you off there. Just before no, you right. talk about halfbacks and and Penrith, they've also signed Sean O'Sullivan for three years. Yeah, that's right, and Milford for two. So, is that uh, just looking? Is that just a half depth kind of thing? Like when they line up next year, do you think it'll be like Milford and O'Sullivan? Yes, to yeah. start off. Yeah. And and do you think that the uh, the cream will rise to the top when you get the talent of a Katoa? He's just a young bloke with a lot of talent. Do you think he'll push through and push his way into the I side? Think he will yeah, um, I think he will. Uh, he brings the average age down quite considerably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's like. It's, it's, it's turning into you know you know if we laugh it's in dad, America. Dad's army there, but yeah, um, in America, everyone goes to Florida when they retire. Um, for a while there, it was the Super League. It's feeling yeah. like the Dolphins are there. I mean. One of the players that comes to mind in that that sort of category, or oh, more multiple players. I mean, you've got your um, Mark Nichols, uh, Cody Nicarima, uh, even you know, I mean, Jared Kef- Wallace is. You know, you got the Bromwich brothers. You got Kafusi. Kafusi yeah. signed for three yeah. years. So I mean, Kafusi three years down the track. Kenny Bromwich three years down the track. Wow. Um, and they wouldn't have signed for peanuts because those guys nah. were amongst the first signings. They announced along with Jermaine Asako for three years, and he, he's he's rocks for diamonds. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough there. for him, isn't it? I think it's going to be tough. Like, um, are they are they at this moment? Are we? I mean, we know that some of the other clubs are struggling. Would would you have them as favourites for the spoon? Is that fair? Yes. Yes. I would have them as favourites for the sport. Purely on... Um, um, and look, you know, Wayne Bennett might get the best out of those players and we might be surprised, and I hope we are. I mean, I'd love to be talking about... <laughs> yeah, you got to laugh at me here. I'd love to be talking about them being contenders for the finals come round 20 next year. It's it's just... It, it's very hard to see, but I, I hope all this, that, they, that they're very successful, but... Just based on paper, because that's all we've got at the moment is names on paper. But based on the names on paper, um, it's, it's it's very unlikely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough year for them. Uh, yeah, they've got Herman SASC there as well. Gee, they've got a lot of yeah, props free. that sort of, yeah, sometimes have, you know, sort of been, I guess, at the, at the height of their career they, they were okay or well, better um lemu lemuelo conley lemuelo he when he came into the cowboys side a few times this year he played really well he's um he's had a little bit of first grade experience i think he'll uh, be in their top i'd have him in their top 13 uh originally he used to be a, a center he's a big boy I think he sort of converted into the back row. Mm. I think he'll be an asset. Um, yeah, I just uh, I think they've got too many old guys. Yeah, and there's players there that I don't know a lot about. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of them come from the Queensland Cup. Um, Harrison Graham, Michael Roberts, Ryan Jackson, JJ Collins. Don't know a lot about these players. I'd be interested to see how they go. But like you said, apart from your Isaiah Katoa. 
I suppose the hammer's still quite young, but yeah, it's it, they're <laughs> they are a little bit of a dad's army. They're a bit of a retirement village, but who knows? It could be the mix that they need. Um, just for those playing at home that are interested, uh, just had a quick look at sports bet. There, the Dolphins are sixty one dollars to make to to win the premiership. They're what? Equ- yeah, sixty one. The um, they're actually equal. Uh, longest odds with the Tigers at $61. to win the premiership. Mm. I think they left off a, a couple they of zeros. Off, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, 600 or what. But yeah, they're, they're very conservative They are not going to win the premiership. They will not even get close. Sports bet, very conservative. Oh. They've got the Tigers and Dolphins at 61. Oh. They've got the, ti- uh, the, the Knights and Warriors at 51. Titans and Dragons at 41. Oh. Raiders and Bulldogs at 23. And then you got Manly 18, Brisbane 15, North Queensland. North Queensland put 12 a, put bucks. A zero. 12 bucks, the Cowboys, and Manly at 18. Mm-hmm. Wow. You've done a good job already. Rabbitohs and Sharks are 11 bucks, 9.50 for the Eels, 9 bucks for the Storm, 7 bucks for the Roosters, and the favourites to win next year's Premiership at this stage are the Panthers at $4 Edoos. So, well, interesting times. I don't, I don't yeah, bet. and it's a good thing those things mean bugger all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so plenty happening with the signings. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's pretty much the latest in regards to the signings. The Dolphins are the ones to watch, but there might be a few things, but I couldn't imagine too many uh, major signings happening. Uh, but most of the news, I'd imagine, Griffo, at the moment, would be happening around the World Cup. Um, have you been able to see much of the tournament so far? I've uh, I've I've had an eye on a number of games. Uh, uh, not necessarily the whole match. Um, in the mornings, uh, I get bits and pieces of the game that sort of comes up five thirty. Um, try and watch the KO minis. Uh, when I can. Um. But obviously, when I, you know Australia play, I want to see the whole game, um, and I, I was I was really impressed last uh, last week with their performance. Yeah. Um, not not the scoreline. I wasn't worried. You know. No, uh, that, mean, that's you, not what impressed you knew it was going to be a dust up. Yeah, yeah. It was the way they played. They were, they were much um, they were much smoother than uh, they were the week before. Um, I know there's you know some changes of personnel and key positions, um, but I I thought that they looked um, slick, and you know I'm not going to say you know that because the opposition obviously wasn't great. Um, They're not but, even full time footy players, most of them. Yeah. No. Uh, no, so we've got to take that into account. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and yeah. that's that's true. But it was again. It, it, it's not you know, the fact that they scored 13 tries or whatever it was. It, they scored a lot of tries. But it's just the way that they dominated. 15 um, tries. Australia scored 15. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a fair few. <laughs> um, you'd be dirty if you didn't get one, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> oh, no. Because so, <laughs> uh, each of the wingers got three each. Uh, yeah. I yeah, he was he Campbell, was a man of the match, deservedly so. Yeah, Campbell Graham, Campbell got Graham, three. very very. 
Very Crichton good. got over the line. Uh, Tedesco, um, Burton, Isaiah Yo. I actually really I enjoyed when he got over yeah. the line. Ben Hunt. Um, yeah, Cleary like got one. Cleary did get one. Yeah, he got one in the first half, just before half time. So yeah, yeah. It was, so that was a pretty soft try. <laughs> Cleary one. Yeah, but again. Um... You know, that leads us, I guess, uh, the Kiwis, uh, they they won as well. Um, Australia's main rival, uh, the way that the draw is set up, that uh, mm. expected to see the Kiwis in, in the semi-final. Um, and obviously they that's going to be a massive win. Great, I know they were, only, they were playing Jamaica, but 13 uh, tries yeah, themselves. Um, Wateni Zalesniak scored... Yeah, Four, I, I, I didn't watch too much. I saw bits of that. Smith but, uh, got a couple. Marshall yeah. King got over for a couple. I mean, and there was still no Jerome Hughes. Uh, yeah, so they're still not at their, uh, not the best seventeen they can run out. But and and, and true, I mean, Jamaica. Um, <laughs> you know, they got uh, a try, and that was the highlight yeah, of the game. That's a highlight. I mean, I had uh, the highlight uh, of the game. That's how first drew... try in the World Cup for the Jamaicans. Someone during the week said to me, Jesus, Jamaica have a um, rugby league team. I said, yeah. I said, you know, they've got a bobsled team and a, and a rugby league yeah. team. And I'm not too sure it could even be. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure John Candy's not, uh, not coaching this No, he's not the mom. coach, no. But Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. It's uh, the big JC. But, you know, I mean, I mean, we, we jest with this one. But I think the real talking point coming back to it with the Kangaroos is the fact that They've, they've had two massive wins. The first one against Fiji. I mean, looking at what Fiji's done since that game um, also highlights the, the point that that win was... Um, that, that that was a big win that they had in that first round there. And um, look, I, I think that the World Cup for Australians has been built up to... We'll give... Half the squad are running the game against Fiji, half the squad against Scotland. And now they're at a point here where they're looking at, okay, we're heading towards the finals. What's the what's the top 17 for, for Australia look like? And I'd actually like to get your thoughts um, because I, I know that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about, oh, the DCE and Cleary thing. I think that was a bit of a beat up anyway. I, I think Cleary's the the best halfback in the world and should be number seven for Australia. Or number 15. Whatever number he's wearing. Whatever the, <laughs> I think whatever. it's, yeah, what, like crazy. Whatever they yeah, I'm not going to talk about Yeah, I don't need yeah. a gaff this week because that one will last <laughs> us for the whole off yeah. season. Well, um, I'll, I'll run you through my 17. Uh, Ooh, um, yep. And, uh, you know, we can uh, have a bit of a, yeah, I'll be interested to see what you, you've you, got. You, have you got? Have you penned a seventeen? I haven't or? penned a seventeen. I've got some ideas, but I'm very, okay. very quickly writing down the numbers one to seventeen here to yeah. jot yours down because the real the real position numbers. So, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have Trebojevic on the wing. Um, but <laughs> no, nah, let us let's know what you think because I okay. I think that a lot of the positions are set but there's there's a couple I'll be be interested to see your thoughts. I mean, number yeah. one I think is pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, James Tedesco, captain yep. and fullback. Uh I've gone for 
but obviously Josh Addo Carr yeah. on one wing. Uh, and I've got Valentine Holmes on the other wing. Oh, um, okay. Yep. So, and he's done the job uh, on the wing for Australia plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I've got him on the wing is nothing to do with uh, um, his performance as a centre, but I want Whiten in there along with Luttrell. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going for for Whiten and Luttrell in the centres, which pushes uh, Holmes to the wing um, and means that uh, some of those other guys um, who are more regular wingers, I guess, these days, maybe are not going to get a start. Because mm, that was a lot of the that was a lot of the talk with the way that the first games have happened because they had Val Holmes in the centres. Um, yeah, uh, Tulagi I think was the winger on the right side. Yeah, for the he did first a good, good job Campbell, in the first game, and and, and I thought Campbell, Campbell Graham did a really good job. But um, when when push comes to shove and you get to the business end to fit all the stars in, Val Holmes on the wing um, is yeah. a viable option. Yep. Yeah. Um. Then. I've gone uh, Monster and Cleary in the halves. Yeah, that picks itself. I thought, um, as I said, I thought it was smooth the other the other night, um, and it wasn't really smooth in the first game. It was quite clunky. Um, so that's my back line. Tedesco, Adokar, White, Mitchell, Holmes, Monster, and Cleary. Yeah. Uh, would you hard see to, no, there? Hard to disagree with that because my, my head scratcher was I hadn't considered Val on the wing. Uh, my head scratcher was how do we fit? Because I was thinking if I went the, the... Yeah, how do I fit White and Latrell and Val? There's a three-way battle for the centres there and, and people would argue that that weakness was that wing spot. If they wanted to go with someone who's played wing already... I think Campbell Graham was good the other night, but oh, it was very good. Yeah. Um, but then again, you got a centre that's yeah. He started out as winger, gone to centre. Started out as a winger, and yeah, he's, I, I actually think he's a really good winger. Mm. Uh, but I mean, he's a good centre as well. I um, I actually like what you've done there. I I can't disagree. I think Val Holmes on the wing would do a wonderful job, and Whiten Whiten was so good. I mean. There were times there where the numbers were throwing me out. Whiten would go in and do a bit of work, and he was wearing number 10. And I was like, who's the prop? I was like, oh, it's Whiten. He's a big body, and he's a very skillful player. I I actually I like your back line. I think it's great. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the back line that yeah. is, is going to be better than the, what the Kiwis have got. Um, and I think that's where the winning of the game could be. Um, I think yeah. the forwards will pretty much cancel each other out. Um, but I think... With the, with the props, because the first game they went with Trebojevic and Tino. We saw yeah. the other night Campbell Gillard and Carrigan. What what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I know I, some of these players I, might end up on the bench. Certainly. Um, I would start with uh, the two big guys, Big Tino and RCG. Um, uh, that's who I would start with. Yep. And um, I would uh, I, I would start with Harry Grant, but I doubt that will happen um, because it's been quite successful for the Maroons and also uh, for the Kangaroos to, to have Harry Grant come off the bench and create mayhem when he comes out there. So either or, 
Haunts it's, yeah, or yeah, Grant. When when you said Grant there at number nine, I moved right down to fourteen and wrote Hunt, and yeah. basically that's interchangeable. If they go with Hunt yeah. at nine, Grant will yeah. be fourteen. It, it, it's either or. Mm. Um, they'll both be there, and they'll both. I I role. I feel like they'll go with Hunt to start. And I I think that's what they will do. Yeah, Personally, I, think they'll use I would Grant start as with the Grant, impact. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if 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 Grant starts, Hunt is the impact guy. So. Um, yeah. You're not going to lose either way. Uh, no. But, yeah, I do think Mal will probably stick with um, Hunt to start. Um, the back row. Back row. Well, that's, uh, Some that's a bit rows. of a mystery. Um, and it's, and this is another one of those positions where you, you factor in, if you're not in the starting back row, you're on the forward rotation because yeah. – we know that Crichton played both games, but Liam Martin was good the other day. There's Cam Murray to fit in. I'd imagine that Isaiah Yo might be the uh, the first choice at thirteen. He's been good. Yeah, I if expect you, so. I mean, let's 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 just go the easy one. Let's just put Yo at thirteen. I'd imagine that's where you've got him. That's correct. Yeah. Now you're starting eleven and twelve. How have you gone here? I'm I'm starting with Murray and Crichton. Yep. Um. Although I did consider Liam Martin, I thought he was very good. Uh, he was phenomenal uh, the other night. Uh, he was Gee, just he a beast. Gee, he can but, carry the ball. But the thing is, that's nothing different to what we saw in the semi-finals, where uh, I can't think of a back rower who who was better in the semi-final series overall. I know some of the power guys had some really good games, but when it come to the grand final. The dominant back rower was actually Liam Martin. Um, so I would have him in the 17. Um, but I, I would start with Crichton. Um, so I've got a back row of Maury, Crichton, Crichton yeah. Isaiah Yo. Uh, I've got, as I said, I've got Haunted Hunt at 14, but it'll probably be Harry Grant. And I've got no problem either way. Yep. Martin's got a spot got, on your bench. Yes, he has based on uh, on form. Um, Pat Carrigan, yeah, uh, I've got as uh, basically an interchange prop. Um, while it might be that Pat Carrigan's best position is is as a lock, um, it's a team full of locks. So yeah, but but it's the yeah. same thing too because my other yeah. bench player, as you said. As you mentioned these players, and I got to the bench and I had a, a free bench, I just had Hunt and we put Martin. I had Carrigan, then I was riding Trebojevic as the other the other option. I don't know if that's where well, you went. I, I did think about that. And to be to be honest, I think he probably um, is going to get the nod because he plays as a middle and we've got a lot of back yep. rows. I had Nanai down um, yeah. in the seventeen. Uh, but the thing becomes, well, how much game time is he likely to get with all these other back rowers there? Um, so it, it's, it's my 17. I think <laughs> I got, I think that I party so and cry if I want to, he's, yeah. he's great. And even if yeah. that, first, that first game against Fiji, it all, in all seriousness, he was, he was good. He's a, he's yeah. a phenomenal player. He's had a great year. Yeah, so I'm probably too many back rows and one prop short. Um, 
Trebojevic, yeah, I, I thought he was pretty good the other night. Um, uh, but I, I do like what Nanai offers. Um, yeah. The other guy who could uh, play as as a prop who was out last week because of uh, the head knock is, is Ruben Cotter. Yes. So, um, and he's available this week. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see. I think he, he he's certainly a possibility um, by the fact that he does play predominantly as, as a front rower, very much a lightweight front rower, but very effective. Um, so he could be that. Look, you can't go wrong. There's, someone, there's going to be some good players miss here. Oh, absolutely. That's, but, that's the uh, long and short of it. You're going to have yeah. some players who are absolute stars and and that's the luxury we have and it's yeah. it's it's one of those things where you you listen to the overseas commentary and they're they're explaining that it's the premier competition they're professionals and i i, I said to um look, over the weekend i was talking to some um some people who are from melbourne who are trying to get into rugby league and and um are interested in it and they were asking about the world cup and i said look realistically i said australia because they were saying, oh, the team against Scotland's very different to Fiji. What's the reason for that? And I said, they've just got that much talent. They're, they're giving everyone a crack. I said, we could have, like, to use a cricket term, we could have Australia and Australia A, and they could very well play each other in the final of this competition. Oh. And that just shows... And the, I know we've got the premier competition. The, the sport is an Australian sport. We, we develop the sport. And, you know, I know I'm, I don't want to discount... Uh, the New Zealand side, but it just shows there is so much talent at the moment available for Australia. And it it, it really says to me that um, if we get the mix right, Australia should win this tournament. Yeah. Um, well, the, yeah, the number four ranked team in the world, uh, I'd have them as the favourites to win. Um yeah. Take and I agree with everything you just said, Graham, about the depth and whatnot. But then we take into account all these guys who probably would have been in the squad, um, but pledged allegiance to another country. Yeah, yeah. Add to so, this, Toto, yeah. Luai. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't think Luai would have made it. Um, but Toto, he would have been there for sure. A guy like Junior Baulo. He yes. would have been there. Arguably, pa- Josh Papaliti yep. would have been there. Um, maybe not Victor Radley because there's so many back rowers, but I think he probably <laughs> Some would great have been players there. that would, you know... So these are, you know, you're taking these yep. guys out um, and, and, and still there's, there's a lot of success there. And, Ka- and Coruscant not getting picked. Yeah, exactly. There's another one. Like um, the, arguably the, the most influential hooker in this Premiership 2022. Certainly, again, I uh, come back to it in the in the finals. Uh, he was the Premier, not just the Premiership winner, but he was the Premier hooker. He was yeah. the best hooker in the finals. Um, we we had didn't him see much of the, of the Melbourne year. guys. Yeah, and yeah, we 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 agreed with, uh, even though maybe he might not have had the Dalian points, the panel came out saying he's been the best this year. Um, 
and and even though we both rate Harry Grant as the best hooker, um, Corey Sal was the form hooker. Uh, so, yeah, look, there's so much talent. There's so much talent in the NRL, and uh, what that's led to is the, you know, the formation now of more talented nations than what we used to have. Uh, and uh, I guess one, one nation we didn't mention uh, when we talked about the World Cup, the return to form of the Samoans. Yes, um, that was I a know they, they, they played, uh, I think, the Greeks. So it was a minnow, but they actually looked like a football side. Yeah, and that's, that's basically got them back to... Um, it, it, look, that, that's gone back well in contention to uh, be in the top two for Group A. I think yeah. now we can we can be very confident that England and Samoa will go through from Group A. Yeah, I think it comes down to a game against yeah. France, but I it don't does. think the French will be able to um, match oh, oh, no. the talent that the Samoans have. Nah, and, what and it can... will set up, what a game. Quarterfinal. Instead, of, we thought it was going to be the semifinal, but it'll be the quarterfinal uh, where... Australia. Um, no, 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 I'm talking about the other side. Oh. Uh, hundreds or maybe I don't know how many whether it's thousands of years of uh, of uh, rivalry between Tonga and Samoa yes uh, will be played out somewhere on a field in England um, so if the Samoans can can uh, build on what they did over the weekend um, they'll go in as underdogs but uh, what a game that shapes up to be uh, expected in uh, in the quarterfinal. Yeah. Uh, that'll be one to watch. And I think at this stage it's looking at, uh, from Group A, you've got England and Samoa looking at going through. I'd be pretty confident that, I mean, obviously Australia in Group B, along with Fiji, yep. going through after their win the other day. Uh, Group C. New Zealand obviously looking very keen out in front. We said that um, Lebanon, with that big game last week, um, minus Adam DeWayhe, uh, maybe a chance to you know miss out based on um, the fact that he was missing against Ireland. But um, Lebanon got the win there, three to fourteen. So <clears throat> our concerns there aren't necessarily. Um, you know, uh, where they were. I'd imagine, given the, the remaining fixtures, that Lebanon might steal second spot off, uh, off Ireland in Group yeah, C. I think they, they've got the, the, the you know... <clears throat> Jamaica. Uh, well, they are, look, they win by... Uh, they probably win by 50. Yeah, name your margin. Um, yeah. And then Group D, um, uh, you're looking at uh, your Tonga and Papua New Guinea. Would be uh, would be my guess to go through yeah. there. So um, yeah, I think it, it means quarterfinals. Lebanon will line up against Australia. Um, that uh, I think England. So they go A Group A plays Group C. Is that correct? Well, I haven't got all the groups in front of me, but I'll have to I know it, it. It will see Tonga play Samoa. Um, well, it might be New Zealand playing Fiji. Sorry, Australia and Lebanon. Um, yeah, England. Not sure. 
I've got it in front of me, but uh, it, it's skewed towards England coming up against the winger, winner of uh, Samoa and, and Tonga on that side. And on the other side, Australia and New Zealand uh, for a spot in the final against the winner of what's expected to be England uh, and Tonga. Well, yeah. Someone might have something to say about that. Yeah, uh, so it's maybe kind of... maybe England have got paid PNG. That might be might be England PNG. So what I can see here in the quarterfinals, here we go. We've got the Group B winner, which we're predicting to be Australia, coming up against the Group C runner up, which could very well be Lebanon. Yeah, and then you'd have uh, the Group A winner, which we're predicting to be. England uh, coming up against the runner-up in Group D, which could be Papua New Guinea. Yeah, so Group A plays Group D. So, yeah, Tonga would be coming up against possibly Samoa. Big game there. And Fiji and New Zealand uh, in the next one. So, there's, um, yeah, some big matches uh, are coming up. And, and as we know, with the way that the draw works... Um, the Group A winner and Group D winner, which, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good tournament. There's some big matches coming up. So, you know, it's, it's definitely plenty to watch there. But um, the, you never know. There could be some curveballs in this last uh, round. But, um, look, the, the way that it's worked out, regardless of the seedings going in, it's, it's, it's looking like the, um, the top sides, like your Australia, New Zealand, England, and even your Samoas and uh, Tongas are gonna gonna be there when we get to the knockout stage, which is gonna make for a yeah. for a great tournament. You might be able to help me, Graham. <clears throat> I look at these uh, emblems, and some of them are obvious. Like the the French are <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. The Samoan one. I I don't know if it's a if it's a whale, or I'm not really sure what it is. Um. I'm not sure. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I can see the Cook I, Islands. It looks like I a shark. think. I think. I think the Samoan one might be a. To me, if you look, jeez, I'm like going to offend someone. Whale it does. It, oh, I don't know if it's an orca because it looks all one color. But I'll go. Yeah. Um, it does look like a whale with a blue and um, yeah, sort blue of whitish uh, trim. So um, yeah, it could be a. I don't know. I'm sort of. England, we got we got the the lion for England, the kangaroo for Australia. Yeah. Um, uh, look, mate, I got a Greeks have the. Uh, you got a geography the, teacher uh, asking a PE teacher here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is it the like the olive? <coughs> oh yeah, olive branch. Yeah. Uh, Scotland have got the thistle. Uh, Fiji have got some sort of flower. Uh, I think they call themselves the Barty. Um, I don't know what a Barty is, whether it's that flower or not. Ireland, they've got the uh, the three-leaf clover. Um, the Kiwis, obviously. Uh, the Kumuls, they've got okay. the bird of paradise. Mm -hmm. the, the Cookies, they've got a shark there. The Welsh, they've got there. There is the dragon. Mm -hmm. the, dragon. Uh, the Mate Matatonga, uh, it looks like... 
This looks like a dove. Is that oh, dove? I was going to say. It's... I don't know. It's just carrying. <laughs> So it's scarring the olive branch a bird there. I don't know if it's a dove or it's not. A, it's a very close to the um, yeah. the place we work at, the emblem that it does uh, represents look like them. That, yeah. Mm. So I think we've got their uh, Tonga. They are. Uh, we might we might have their their mascot uh, mm. uniform there. Yeah, it's oh. yeah. That's right. It's in the PE store. Yeah, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. You see these come up on the screen regularly every time they want to put a replay on, but. Yeah, some uh, the Italians. It looks like a wolf. It does. I well, the island used to be called the Wolfhounds. I think. Okay. Back, I'm pretty sure they were. I mean, the Irish Wolfhounds. That that emblem is 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 not a wolfhound, but I'm pretty sure that they used to at least be nicknamed the the Wolfhounds. Um. But yeah, the Jamaica have got this lovely bird. I don't know what it is. Looks a bit like the PNG bird of paradise, but obviously not a different part of the the, the Lebanese have got the cedars. Uh, they are known as the cedars, and that's a big uh, Lebanese cedar tree. Um, so yeah, some of them have gone for plants, some of them have gone for animals, and some of them mm. have the, uh, the the creatures of the sea, and then there's the creature of mythology that you talked about earlier for the. The Welsh have got their dragon, um, not to be confused with, uh, well, maybe it is related to the house of the dragons, okay. uh, the Welsh. But anyway, interesting. I'm sure uh, our listeners are fascinated by that. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, they're, they're loving uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, mascots don't need to make sense. I mean... No, they don't. I mean, the dragons, their mascot's happy dragon. I mean, that that to me seems... They're not really, happy at all. That seems so. very counterintuitive <laughs> to me. So, look, who knows? But um, I, I, I'm enjoying the World Cup. I mean, I know... Yeah. I think we're waiting until we get Australia and New Zealand. I feel like that's going to be, um, you know, the big matchup. I mean, don't... Those who have... Those people who uh, listen to us in England, and we've got to remember we're international. Oh, yeah. Um, They'll be they'll be happy with the team's performance so far. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think from what I've seen so far in the depth in the squad, uh, a bit of bias. But the Kangaroos they've been they've been very good. Yeah, I'm just looking ahead and looking at the times for the semi-finals and finals, and uh, the first semi-final is quite friendly time of uh, 6.45 a.m. on uh, mm. Saturday the 12th. Uh, the next one, uh, maybe not quite so friendly, uh, 1.30 a.m. Um, I might have to go out that night and get, get sort of back home uh, uh, for 1.30 kickoff. Uh, but the, the final is a very on front. 3 a.m. on a Sunday. Morning. Oh, hang on. No, that's... Oh, that's all right. That's like a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as opposed to 3 a.m. on the Monday morning. Yeah, rolling, rolling from the rocks at about 2. Yeah, yeah. Well, Put yeah. your jersey on. Hopefully, it's the kangaroos. Well, I hope so. But, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I'm actually excited about it. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I I am excited about it. I know not, not all rugby league followers uh, give it that much credence, really. But, um, 
it, it's building the game. And that's that's what we've always got to be considering. Yeah. For any game to be strong, it has to grow. Um, and this is how you grow the game internationally. Absolutely. And that's um, and that's where we come back to that discussion too about um, some of the players going to play for the minnows. Like if you're like if you're a Luke Keary, you're not playing for Australia. I think it's great for Irish rugby league. Absolutely. Yeah. So and he's he's played really well. So yeah. Um, and he's you know he's teaching these other guys around him, who I think a lot of them well some of them play in the Super League. I think most of them are in lower leagues. Um, but they're learning from one of the elite. Um, yeah. So that's only going to help their game. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it's positive. It's positive. Yep. Uh, I think we've got to... I don't know how they work it out, but it can't just be every four or five years that we see International Rugby League. Um, it's got to be... It's got to be played regularly uh and again the problem is where do you fit it in with with the nrl well the anzac day um or the anzac weekend i should say there was always that game with australia and new zealand is there an opportunity for and i know we have the anzac day clash and and and, you know that doesn't impact the weekend i mean often anzac day might fall on whatever day anzac day falls on the roosters and st george are playing but yep. even if it's a weekend prior um, and you have no footy, I've got no objections to having the Friday night Australia plays New Zealand and on the Saturday and Sunday have Tonga, Samoa and you know, so, uh, some of these you're other talking nations. About, you're talking about a rep round, right? Yeah, rep round. Rep Which round. they just got rid of. Like, yeah. what? This is, that, that's what builds a game and then you have every year... Yeah. And oh, then I agree with you. If you're looking at building some of the other nations, because okay, technically, um, you know, we've moved away from this. It's another conversation. I know what it is. When there's that Origin weekend, they've they've got that rep round, but have so I they've mean got rid of it? But but this is what to me seems like matters. Why are we trying to build the international game and get rid of the? the rounds when the internationals are played. Well, I agree with you, but, uh, you know, like we had it and now we don't. Do, do we know what the logic is from... Uh, there was there was an explanation at the time. Um, but, yeah, there's no there's nowhere now to slot in unless, because there's no... Next year we're back to Wednesday night, State of Origin, three games Wednesday. Yep. Um. So they got rid of the Sunday. Um, so there's literally no free weekend to, to slot those sort of games on. The only way you could possibly do it, uh, it's not going to happen, uh, would be to... Well, it can't happen, actually. Because they play those shortened rounds where you might have four games. Um, but you can't then pick out Say yeah, Collins in your summer. You don't. You wouldn't. Certain have, clubs are getting yeah, the team. smashed. Uh, I reckon. I reckon. Here, here's one for you. <laughs> and you know it's going to be a piss take. You know we got the buy round. Let's let's have the extra game, and every week whoever's got the buy plays an international team. <laughs> so we could have. Well, that's the, be interesting. When the Dolphins had the buy, they could play Jamaica. 
when the well, Tigers had the buy, they can play eleven on. <laughs> and Adam oh, Dwayne, he can have a half for each team. <laughs> no, I mean I'm taking the Mickey, but what the what what I'm trying to prove is is we're trying to find ways to have more international football. Yeah. I mean the fact that we're trying to pick a team and people are arguing incumbents from three years ago yeah. shows how much of a stitch up it is. Um it it can't be one of those things where we only focus on the international game once every three or four years. Yeah. It won't grow. To... No. Um and I know the toll on the players. Like I was gonna yeah. say, we had those um, four nations, yeah. uh, whether it was every second year or, but you know you had your your England, your uh, Australia, your New Zealand, and alternately uh, the fourth nation was either a Pacific Island side, whether you you know they played a tournament beforehand. I think Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, etc. Or and then and when it was played in the northern hemisphere, uh, there was a, a northern hemisphere side that made up that fourth team, whether it be France, uh, Ireland, uh, Wales, or Scotland. Um, I'm not against that, uh, you know. But again, the clubs and the NRL in general are not going to want their players yeah. in a long season. Uh, we already got an extra round next year with the Dolphins coming in. And then say, okay, well, here goes another month of rep football. Um, personally, I, I have no problem with it, but for for that sort of thing to, to happen, the NRL has to be reduced by at least a week or two. Then mm. you've got your problems with the contracts, with the television uh the guys from Fox and, and Nine are going to say, no, well, look, we signed you we, to, to get this many uh, games of NRL. Um, it's a tough balancing act. We, everyone wants to see more international, high-quality international football, but where it fits is now very much the problem. Mm. Uh, and, the, you know, the only really place it can fit under the current situation is after the grand final um yeah. october uh, november like because yeah i'm trying to remember the last four nations was probably 2016 uh, i i can't prove or disprove that but it does seem like a while ago um and it was had... in the uk i'm trying okay. to, that's the last one i can remember we won australia won it i think that was the one yeah. where scotland was in it yeah, I, I think I think they were playing. Maybe there was only one year out of a four-year cycle where there was either no um, four nations or World Cup. Hmm. Um, they might have had said, "Okay, this year nothing." You know, you might have had the odd game. Maybe the Kiwis might have played someone, but the Australian didn't play. The other thing they were looking to introduce, but was kiboshed by COVID, was bringing back the Kangaroo Tour. Yeah. Um, on a shortened, but you know, basically just playing the three tests and against Great Britain. Um, look, I'm supportive of all of that, but the realistic thing is that it can't happen every year. The players are just going to be burnt out, yeah. so you've got to take away maybe a couple of rounds of NRL. Um, and you know, we've we played 24, each team plays 24 games. 
Next year, it goes for 27 rounds. They've got three buys. So I think there's a bit of wriggle room there. Um, take away, mm. you know, I know there's got to be a buy because every week there's, you know, an uneven number of teams. But when the 18th team comes in, just say, okay, we are playing uh, 24 rounds and uh, we're not going to go for 27 weeks. Uh, it's you know, it's we huge. Go. The load's huge. Yeah. And and forget plus if you play finals and the best forget players trials. are playing Origin. Get rid of the trials. No one cares. No trials. So, uh, uh, do you want know the trials? If the trials should just be the reserve grade players getting a run, and then they don't mean yeah. anything anyway. But so you know all those all those at the start of the year. If you bring forward, bring forward as they're doing next year. They're, they're bringing the NRL a week forward, but. Bring that forward another week in, you know, even though it's like late February, play mm. night games, you know, obviously the heat's an issue, but um, play night games, maybe not even in Townsville or, or places like that. Yeah, be smart so, with the draw. Sorry, Cowboys. You'll, no, but give, like, you know, give, Melbourne the, give Melbourne a home game in week one. Give Canberra a yeah, home game in week yeah, one. exactly. Be yeah, smart but, with the geography yeah. of it all. And then that does free up a couple of weeks for, for rep games at the end of the year. Now, everyone would rather watch international football than trial games. Yeah, so I'd, you're I'd, I'd, I'd to make it happen. The three Get rid of the trials. Really. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's the way. Because you're not going to play your you're not going to play your international games before any club football. No, um, that's not going to happen. So there's the solution. Get rid of the trials. Uh, the grand final, bring it forward. You know, it's been traditionally the first weekend in October. Bring it a couple of weeks forward. Everything comes forward. That gives you then October, essentially, to say, okay, here's your three or four weeks of international rugby league, whether that is in the form of the Four Nations, the Kangaroo Tour, um, a three-test series against Kiwis, whatever the situation is. That's your rep uh, time, October. So you're not, you know, like the, the preseason is going to be greatly shortened for all clubs this year um, because of the the 20th of November is the last, is the final of the, uh, the World Cup. Um, so everything comes forward and uh, trials, which mean nothing, they go. I think we've solved it, Graham. Yeah. I hope, uh, I hope Peter Vlandis and uh, listen, a few others are listening to Garpool Rugby League. Because you can't just say, oh, we want to build the international game and then get rid of international games. I mean, I wouldn't even care if they had Origin 1, Origin 2, Origin 3, and then a mid-season week where there was no footy to give everyone a rest for those who are complaining about the loads and saying it's too much yeah. footy. Have a, have a rest for most of them. Have a mid-season game after Origin based on the performances from Queensland and New South Wales player to pick a kangaroo side to verse New Zealand in that, that slot just after Origin so that then they can also sell Origin as a selection for a kangaroo side. There's no kangaroos game after Origin. If you have a great Origin series... You're a kangaroo. I'd love to see some sort of form for that. I think I think this sort of comes back to that argument we were saying before when people were uh, pledging allegiance to some of these other nations and so on and so forth. 
where we highlight the fact that um, Origin's the pinnacle of the game. And for a lot of people, um, you know, th- there was that argument that they'd rather well, play Origin than play for Australia. It, it has been. It has been the pinnacle. Um, yeah. Whereas in the past, you know, it was it was Australia. When, you know, the kangaroo tours were... Gone to tour overseas, yep. That that was the focus every four years, and we had the we had the British come out here and play a test series. We played test series against Kiwis, um, yeah. But I I do think time time wise, the, the thing that we don't need in the calendar is trials. Yeah, and I think that's the way to go. Yeah, better use of time. And anyway, speaking of time, I think that's all all we got time for. This week, but it's been a great episode, Griffo. Really enjoyed you being on board. Love talking rugby league in the off season and uh, the World Cup. And um, yeah, we'll we'll have to come back and keep everyone up to date with uh, all the goings on in the next couple of weeks as we get to the pointy end of the season. Uh, But thank you again for your listenership, and um, we hope you enjoy what's left of the World Cup. Do appreciate you listening. Enjoy the games over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Take care.